You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy, Emma's mom. And I am Julie, Gus's mom. And on the phone, we have Katie. Hi, Katie. Hey. Whose mama are you? Scarlett and Jackson. Scarlett. I love that name. I have, Jackson. I have a Jackson You do home. have a Jackson. Yes. Aww. Your ears perked up. Yes. Jackson. <laughs> that was, Katie, that was my maiden name. And so I took it and I gave it to my son. Oh, and that's sweet. Yeah, people get confused, though, because they're like, is he Jackson? Jackson? <laughs> no. No, I'm married. No. <laughs> so, no. No, it doesn't work like that. No, yeah. <laughs> it takes him a minute, but um, I love that's that. Sweet. Where are you calling in from? I live in central Louisiana, which is like about 30 minutes north of Baton Rouge. Oh, that's fun. I love I your know. accent. I know. I feel like oh, I, I have don't... an accent. Yep. To a us, little we do. Drawl. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if we've recorded, had a guest Liz, from that area. I don't think so. Is it, are you our first Louisiana mama? I feel like oh, we're going to have to check, check the records on that. <laughs> we'll have to cross that state off. That That's cool. It's so yeah, great. y'all are super far away. She said y'all. <laughs> um, how, did you, how did you find us? How did you, um, yeah, how did yeah, you find so us? Yeah, so I actually just came across um, y'all's Instagram page. And, you know, after losing the twins, I just cling to social media a lot to connect yeah. with other people and um I came across y'all's page and I listen to y'all's podcast all the time it's very Aww. encouraging and um yeah I have whenever Scarlett and Jackson died there's a company or a, um a company like y'all's I say company but it's not profit mm-hmm. um and it's called Maddie's Footprints mm-hmm. and they basically do the same thing that y'all do which is awesome so we cool. need to be friends with them yeah you'll have to hook us up with them yes they're awesome okay so let's dive into your story I know nothing about your story so where'd you grow up yeah um I grew up in New Orleans actually Metairie it's outside of New Orleans but just say New Orleans so cool I know how was that like um it wasn't that I mean it's a lot worse now but yeah um all my family and friends are still there but um how far is Baton Rouge from New Orleans um it's about an hour and then I live another like 30 minutes above that so I'm a solid like hour and a half from New Orleans okay that's not bad no did you ever leave the state for a minute and do anything Else no, I've I've always lived in Louisiana. Um, I mean, I've traveled places, but as far as living, I now I've always stayed here. Wow, yeah. that's cool. It's warm down there. <laughs> yeah, you don't it get is. snowstorms. Right now, <laughs> it's actually cool, which is insane for Louisiana because it's April. What and do you? What is, is cool? What is cool to you? Cool. Okay, cool. I think it's like. I think it might be in the 60s today. Oh, I could get down Until with that. Until like for now, and then it'll get <laughs> hot, and then it'll be cool. Yeah. Listen, know. today is today is April 19th, mm-hmm. and it snowed yesterday. yesterday. It was terrible. Oh no, I couldn't no. live in the snow. Listen, it's a no. people were losing their minds yesterday. I kind of was. I think Julie quit and moved. It was for a so second. gloomy. <laughs> it's like if if the sun was out and the temperatures were cold, Different I could still story. get down. Different story. But yep. the fact that the sun I doesn't agree. come out, mm-hmm. it really does something to your soul. It, it like makes you feel oh, dark. 100%. You got the grumps. One hundred. My name is Julie, and I am grumpy because it is dark out. <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> Okay, sorry, sidetrack. Um, okay, Katie, so are you married? Yes, I am married to and what, my husband, Josh. Josh. How oh. do we meet Josh? Um, we met Josh on Tinder. Oh, love that. <gasps> Tell us more. Um, yeah, so I was just in college, and um, yeah, I was just bored with my roommate one day, and we just were getting on Tinder. Yeah. And then um, one thing led to another, and then we met. Um, 
you know, if you're listening, small kids, do not do this. <laughs> we <laughs> met yep. at his house. And um, I think I've heard was... Dateline episodes that start like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad hates the story. So, um, sorry, dad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dad. Um, so, yeah, we just. How um, long ago was this? What year? Uh, 2017 okay yes so we've been married for two and a half years or two years and then going on six years of dating nice or being together dating so we're still dating our spouse even when we're married that's what they tell us that's right yes and then I also have um a stepson which I like to call my bonus son and his name is Bowen and he's eight years old oh Bowen that's yes, cool. he is the sweetest thing ever. So, I when I when we asked the question, what did that look like to talk about starting your family? You already had a little instant family. Yeah, I did. I walked into it with open arms, and we were ready to grow our family. And um, he, I know one day he'll be the best big brother. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision to keep growing our family. Yeah. So. Uh, as far as now, um, after Scarlett and Jackson, I mean, I recently just had a miscarriage also. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's another thing. But uh, we're going to take a break right now and yeah. enjoy each other in life and yeah, go from there and just wait to hear God's answer of when we should start again. Sure. So let's rewind. Um, you got married. You said... In what year? Uh, we got married in 2021. Okay, I was going to say 17, but you said you started dating then. Okay. Yeah. We met in 2017. 2021, you did a COVID wedding. Look they, at you they were outside. Uh, they had sun. <laughs> they could do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> you didn't have to cancel your plans. It was, yeah, it, COVID was still pretty in full swing, yeah. but um, around here, they didn't they didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> good for you guys. Let's get hitched. So you got married, and did you guys get pregnant? Um, pretty quickly, or were you trying for a little bit? So I actually have PCOS, okay. and I struggled with infertility mm-hmm. and getting pregnant. So uh, we tried, you know, naturally for a year, and that wasn't doing anything. So then I went to my OB, and we tried two rounds of Clomid, and nothing happened. I didn't even ovulate, and then took a little break and then she told me to go to um a specialist so we went to a specialist and you know they talked about IUI and IVF and I'm just like that's just not in the plans like I'm just not there yet and can we can can we pause real quick on that I don't want to like rush by what that looked like yeah that that blindsided you yeah that information correct like the IUI and IVF yeah or just that you were struggling with PCOS did you know any of that um yeah so I was diagnosed with PCOS in like 2018 but I kind of already knew before that because I just had irregular periods my whole life pretty much um so I mean I knew that it was going to be probably a struggle Mm -hmm. to get pregnant so when the clomid didn't work and then when I had to go to an uh a specialist I kind of wasn't surprised honestly Mm -hmm. um but I was kind of thrown back that I'm just, like, getting pushed on to IUI and IVF mm-hmm. so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like there was another solution to that. Like, can we figure out maybe the root problem and then go from there? Mm-hmm. Like, there's clearly an issue within my body. Like, right. why are we just skipping to $50,000 for a baby? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it's just not It's just not what I want to do. And I just I did feel like my doctor really did kind of push IVF. And it was like... Yeah, there's just no way you're going to get pregnant unless you do this. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, well, God's bigger than that. So there's going to be another way. Yeah, maybe maybe an option one day. But can we dig a little bit more to find out? Yeah. So, I just feel like women just don't know anything about their bodies, really. Yeah, I feel like it, it takes a long time to figure out. Oh, absolutely. What? I've done numerous amounts of research, and I know my body, like, through and through. Yeah. Can you teach a class on that? <laughs> I probably could. Are you actually registered for that now? You should register and then teach women about their Doctor bodies. You know, when I they probably could, honestly. start their period I've and had start that. pregnant yeah. women, like, ask me, like, oh, I didn't even know what XYZ is. And I'm like, 
how do you not know this? Like you're bearing child, like, <laughs> right. But you know, Hey, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess I wouldn't know unless I did all this research and was going down the journey and path I am. So yeah, I was going to say, and you probably wouldn't even be doing the research unless you had, you were I'm struggling you know, with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem yeah. was that is yours. Very true. So it's right in front of your face. Right. And there's no yes, way around exactly. it. So how did you move forward? Right. So, um, so after doing a bunch of blood work with the specialist, um, it came back that I was insulin resistant and I was like, well, okay. So he had mentioned that this could be a potential of why I wasn't ovulating because it has to do with all your hormones. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, great. If we just fix the insulin problem, then I should be able to ovulate and then I'll get pregnant. And he's like, he's still just like, I just don't think that's going to work. I had a high AMH level, which is ovarian reserve. It wasn't the quality of the eggs. I just had a large amount. So Hmm. basically he was just telling me that you have so many eggs and they're all fighting to grow. Mm. So one's never going to be the dominant follicle. Mm. Interesting. And I'm like, okay, well, like we can try. So I went on metformin, which is, um, it's actually a diabetic medicine. And, um, I said, you know, let's just go on this for like three months. I'm going to focus on my health, get back to like focusing on me mentally, physically. So for solid three months, um, I took the metformin and then I was working out. I lost like 10, 15 pounds and I just felt really good. Like mentally, I was just at a better spot. And um, I went back to my OB and I asked her if we could try letrozole because my friend had taken letrozole and it worked really good for her so I was like um so she agreed she actually talked to my specialist because they're in the same hospital and what do they use and that for because I'm over here not the letrozole yes What's the um goal so of it's that? a it's supposed to help you ovulate stimulate mm-hmm. ovulation okay yeah so you take it um for five days during your period and then you should ovulate within like 10 days mm-hmm. so it's basically like just tricking your brain that these hormones are working this way so that your body will ovulate and get that follicle. Okay. So, so her and my specialist talked and they wanted to combine the Clomid and Letrozole, which they're, they're basically the same exact medicine. They just work a little bit differently and, but it's the same results. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so we took, um, we, I took, um, one dose of the Clomid and one dose of the Letrozole. And lo and behold, I got pregnant that time with my sweet baby twins. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was. Were you surprised I mean, it was, that it was that quick? Did you know that it was an increase of multiples? Uh, yes. So okay. there is an increase of multiples. Um, truthfully, I didn't think it would happen, though, because, yeah. you know, it, people take the medicine all the time. And mm-hmm. there's only a few cases that there is multiples. Right. Um, but no, I'll never forget that first ultrasound. My husband came with me and, and we were just at the ultrasound looking and I'm like, okay, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, everything's great. And she's like, do you see anything? And I'm like, no, I don't even know what I'm looking at. And, um, my husband actually was like, oh my gosh, there's two. And I'm like, he spotted them. Oh my God, stop it. And then I'm still like, where? <laughs> like, yeah. And then what am I looking she at? Showed both little areas, and they were own. They were each in their own sack, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't stop laughing. And I was just, I mm-hmm. was just in awe that, mm-hmm. like, holy moly, there's two babies in my belly right now. Such a cool moment, I'm sure too. Oh my gosh, it it really was. I think I was in shock for a solid two days straight, and like just pure happiness after that. Yeah. So what month was that that you found out you were pregnant? Um, or when? So I actually went on a bachelorette trip, and I knew that I could have been pregnant. And I got home from the beach trip on Sunday of last year on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And I, I took – so I took a test on Thursday before I went to the trip because I said, well, if I'm pregnant, I'm not going to drink. Sure. And um, I took it, and it was negative. And I'm like, okay, well, there's still, you know, a few days. Um, I'm just going to enjoy the trip. 
And actually on that trip, I had the, the worst heartburn of my life. I was in so much pain. I was out of breath walking on the beach. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just lost like 10 pounds. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I got home Sunday on Father's Day and I took the test and it was positive. And I was just crying on the bathroom Aww. floor. And my husband was actually on call and he was at work. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Father's Day. Like this is the best day ever. And I like had this little onesie in my craft room. So I like put a little note on it with the pregnancy test and, you know, took a video of him and it was just, Oh my God. I just remember it so vividly, like sitting on that bathroom floor, just praising God. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. And so you found out that way and not in the doctor's office. The doctor's office confirmed twins, the twins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, so I only knew there was, I only thought there was one baby in the belly on the Father's Day, okay. but... You only actually well, made went, one little baby onesie when you should have made yeah, two, two baby onesies. <laughs> yes, I know. It's really funny looking back at it because I said, like, happy Father's Day, love your baby. Aww. <laughs> babies. So, babies. Yeah, so fun. Kind of cool now. So that was June of last year? Yep, June 19th I found out. Yes, which was Father's Day. Or 20th, 19th or 20th. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more of Katie's story. Emma's Footprints has paid for over 130 burials and cremations of babies and over 70 urns and headstones in 2022. Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss in this community. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and for allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss. Okay, so we find out in June that we're pregnant, and you get you probably get into the doctors like you call and they say, "How far along are you?" And then you're like, "I don't know, four or five weeks." And me. they're like, "We'll see you at ten, right, or something mm-hmm. like that." They never get you in right away no, when you're so anxious and want to see what's happening. So when did you, when did you, when was your first appointment? Yeah, so I did that exact thing. I had blood blood work done, which confirmed that I was pregnant before my actual appointment. Right. And um, then, I'm trying to think. I went in, well, no, I booked the appointment for around nine weeks. Well, I started spotting one day, and I was just super nervous. You know, it's my first pregnancy. And I'm just like, yeah, you're not supposed to see blood when you're pregnant. Right. And, um, so she got me in a little bit early actually. And I think I was, my first ultrasound was like seven weeks and a few days. Um, and then that's when the bleeding had stopped. It was just, I guess, maybe implantation bleeding or I'm not sure, but it went away within like a day. Yeah. Um, so I actually got to, got to go in a few days early and then that's when we found out that it was twins. What was the beginning of your pregnancy like? Um, it was amazing. Like I had, I was never sick. Everyone's like, are you sick? Are you sick? And I'm like, no, like I'm not sick. Yeah. Do you want me to be sick? Right. <laughs> Would that make you feel better if I was? Oh, yeah. Why do you even tell you I'm sick? Like, I had, and they're like, well, you have twins. I'm like, okay. Like I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. Like the only thing that was wrong really was the heartburn was just out of this world. And then that's honestly it. Like I have zero complaints. Like it was just smooth sailing. Perfect. Aw. Perfect. And how did you guys share the news with Bowen? Um, so we just told him at our house. Um, I think, I know I got the big brother shirt after, but we just told him and showed him the ultrasounds. And then we told him before, And then when we went to the doctor and then we told him it was twins, oh my gosh, he was so excited. Uh, And, you know, he's always wanted siblings over here. And I was just so happy that we were able to finally give him siblings. Yeah. And he was just over the moon. And then he was like, oh, I just want to be a boy and a girl, have both of them. And yeah, he was just over the moon excited. 
When did when did things start to take a turn? So, uh, let's see. September, so I found out in June. September 30th, um, I had my anatomy scan, and everything was absolutely perfect. Like, they both passed A plus 100s. Like, nothing nothing was wrong. Like I was so happy. It was a Friday and I was just like, this is going to be a great weekend. I have two healthy babies. Like what more could you ask for? Did you find out the gender at the sonogram? Um, I'm trying to think. So I found out before that I went in when you have twins, I had an appointment every two weeks. So I would, I would go see my high risk doctor. And then the other week I'd go see my OB and then when you go in, you also, like, have an ultrasound every single time because they don't use the Doppler just because it's better so you can see both babies and you don't have to guess, like, if that was one heartbeat or two. Sure. Right. Makes sense. So, um, yeah, so it was, I'm actually glad looking back that I had all that extra time with them, that I got to see them. Um, that was really nice. So, yeah, so one of my appointments at 16 weeks um, she was actually able to see at my OB's office and she gave me an envelope with the genders in it. And then me and my husband, um, later that night opened the envelopes in our living room and we had a video of ourselves and he was, and he took one of the ultrasounds and then I took the other. And then we told each other who had what, and then he had the boy and I had the girl and we were just so excited. Oh my gosh. I was like, Oh my goodness. You can't ask for anything better than this. I know. (laughs) That's what you dreamed of. Right. That's the both. So yeah. So at that uh, anatomy scan, I already knew their genders a few weeks before, like two or three weeks before. So had um, you named them yet? Are we still tossing around name? So we named our girl Scarlett. We had that name, um, Scarlett Grace. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love that name and we both loved it instantly. And then for the boy name, we didn't have a name really. Uh, we were kind of just throwing out ideas. I didn't really like anything he liked. He didn't really like anything I liked. Um, so at this point, no, we had no name yet for the boy. The unnamed Um, boy. (laughs) Yes. The unnamed boy. So it's Scarlet and unnamed boy. (laughs) Baby B. Baby B. (laughs) Baby B. Um, so yeah, so my anatomy scan went great and then the weekend was great. And then that Tuesday, which was October 4th, it was just a regular work day and I went to work. My husband went to work. Um, I came home and, you know, ate dinner. Everything was normal, felt normal, just another day. And, um, I went to the bath, I went to take a bath and, this was probably like seven o'clock at night and I got out the bathtub and I had been struggling with like constipation issues, TMI, but you know, pregnancy hormones. Yeah. yeah. They're real. Um, so when I got out the bathroom, I mean, when I got out the, the tub, I had to go to the bathroom and I'm like, Oh great. Like I felt so relieved. <laughs> well, so then, um, my stomach started hurting me and I'm like, man, like this is pretty painful. And, um, so then I just was like, whatever. So then I come downstairs, my husband was on the sofa and then I had to go to the bathroom again. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went to the bathroom downstairs and I started like sweating, like profusely. I started shaking. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to throw up like Mm. while I'm using the bathroom. So Bowen actually had a stomach bug, like maybe a week before that. So I'm like, oh, this must be like a stomach bug. My turn. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, great. And then, um, you know, I finally like was all right. And then those pains like started coming back and they were like really painful and it was like super low. And I told my husband, I'm like, man, I'm like in a lot of pain. And, you know, at the time I'm not thinking anything about the babies, like, nothing like there's no reason this should be a contraction at all I'm 19 and a half weeks right so at this point it's like 10 30 at night I fall asleep on the sofa and then I wake up and I'm still in pain Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh my gosh like what is happening so my husband's like I'm just gonna go to bed and I was like yeah I'll meet you up there just have to go to the bathroom well I went to the bathroom again and when I went to the bathroom I felt like this huge gush And I was like, oh, my God, like, I honestly, I'm like, did I go to the bathroom again? Like, what's happening? 
and I just look down and it's just like clear, like completely clear. And I'm like, there's no way that my water just broke. Like, there's no way. Like, this cannot be happening right now. So I think deep down I knew that it did happen, but I didn't really want to accept that it happened. Right. And then I'm also like a super positive person. So like not thinking anything badly still. So I go upstairs and like, as I'm going upstairs, it's like dripping down me. And I'm like, this is not good. Like now I start to panic. Right. So I tell my husband, it's like midnight at this point. And I'm like, I have to call the one call doctor. Like something's not right. I I can't go to sleep like this. Like I'm pretty sure my water just broke. So he starts panicking and I'm like, just stay calm. Like just it's everything's going to be okay. So I call my doctor. She was like, um, you know, just pack a bag. I don't think it's your water, but uh, let's just check you out. Come to the assessment center. So uh, we both take showers, pack a bag, and we're going downstairs. And before I go downstairs, I felt like the biggest, like, pressure of my life. Oh. And I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I ran to the bathroom. And as I was in there, um, one of the babies just oh. fell out wow. and I didn't, I did like my hand like instantly went down there oh. and like, I didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I think I like shock already set in and I just screamed to my husband and you know, he was just like right next to me in the room and he ran to me and I'm like, you have to like, look like, like this thing's just like dangling and I'm like, it, is it the baby? Like, and he's just not answering me. And I'm just oh. like screaming. And he, he just, obviously he didn't want to tell me sure. that it was. And um, I'm like, you have to call 911. I'm screaming. I'm crying. Um, so he calls 911. Um, and then, you know, eventually EMS and the fire department get here. And, um, you know, I thought, honestly, I'm like, I would have to deliver her, I guess, at my house. And that didn't happen. Um, So she's just staying in between my legs this whole time. Wow. And I don't, I don't know, like, I was just in so much shock and just like trauma already that I didn't even, I didn't even understand. Sure. So they had to carry me down my steps and then I went in the ambulance my husband followed in his car so that we would have a car at the hospital because I don't have any family. They're all in New Orleans. And um, so I just remember riding in the back of the ambulance and it was just like, I felt like I was in a movie. Yeah. And, you know, this guy just asked me all these questions and I'm crying and I'm just like praying, like, is this really happening right now? Like, is this really my life? Yeah. And so... I just remember it was so bumpy <laughs> Louisiana roads. If you know, they're terrible. I don't and, know, but uh, I do know like the, the, the things that seem so ridiculous at the time, like bumpy roads, oh, right. like, as, are, are we kidding right now? Every bump, every bump, is, we're yeah. hitting every bump. Yeah. Could you just dodge a bump for me, please? <laughs> Absolutely. And then those I mean, are the things were, that stay in your brain, honestly, until forever. Never You'll never forget yeah. it. Mm-hmm. When they were carrying me down my steps, I don't know why, but I'm thinking, please don't drop me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please don't drop me. Please don't drop me. But yeah, my head against the wall. It's like not funny, right. but it's serious, like yeah. traamas, maybe like coping mechanisms at, at the time or something like that. All of the, you know, but dissociation, like, all of the words. Yeah, yeah. We're not experts about, but. Oh my gosh, yes, Katie. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, so my husband followed us. We're going like 70 miles an hour and the hospital's like, a solid 40 minutes away uh, of course um yeah so i think we i don't even know maybe we got there in 30 35 but it at this point it's like one in the morning so there's really nobody on the road which is good um so he called my parents when he was following behind so then i just remember the ambulance guy he's like we're here he's like i just want to let you know um i'm gonna be praying for you tonight and i'm oh. like oh Thank you. And then, like, that just made me cry even more because I'm like, this is really bad. Yeah. Um, so I get out, and I'm just, like, swarmed with nurses and doctors. And I'm just looking for my husband. I'm just like, where, where is my husband? And I, he's like, I'm right here. And I'm like, oh, thank gosh. So 
Were you in any we pain al- this whole time? That you um, remember? I, truthfully, I don't. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably was, but I. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Like I was just in so much shock. I think that I couldn't even tell you what anything felt like. Yeah. Like as of now, mm-hmm. actually, like kind of yeah. Um. So then they're wheeling me in, and. I literally felt like I was in Grey's Anatomy. I was being pushed through these hallways, double doors. And I remember looking at the ceiling and there was a mirror. There was like mirrors on the ceiling. And I remember seeing myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this can't be happening. Like Mm. this is really my life. And keep in mind, like the baby is still halfway out of me. Like I'm just like still, like I just don't understand. So they get me in this room um, the assessment doctor comes on, comes in, they immediately put the ultrasound to my belly to make sure that the other baby's okay. And he was in there, he was breathing, he was fine. Um, his heartbeat was a little bit high, but that's just because of, you know, he's probably in distress as well. Right. Um, but overall, like he was good. So. Because you said at the beginning they were in two different sacks. Different sacks, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. They were, they're called die, die twins. So Mm -hmm. they have their own placenta and their own sack. Okay. Yes. So, um, so the doctor checks me and I'm just telling her, I do remember telling her, I'm like, the baby is still like hanging out of me. And like, she did nothing about it. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, is this supposed to happen? Do we, Mm. what, what are we doing? But I guess maybe looking back, they were just trying to assess what was going on. Sure. Yeah. And then she honestly, well, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know if it was Scarlett or the other baby at the time. So I guess maybe they didn't want to stir anything up. And they already knew that that baby had passed away or just wasn't breathing. So maybe they didn't want to just do anything, yeah. if that makes sense. They needed yeah. a game plan and more information. Right. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um. So then they get me into labor and delivery and I was just surrounded by like the best nurses ever. Aww. At this point, it's like two thirty in the morning and, um, I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. So like I told her, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom and I don't think they communicated very well with the nurses. I don't know. I really don't know. But I was like, how do you want me to use the bathroom? Like I have a baby hanging out me. Like that's so just not okay. So I don't think she knew. I'm not really sure. But when she saw, she's like, okay, we have to start pushing. And I'm like, um, okay. So the doctor came in and then the two nurses. And then I just pushed the rest of her out. And um, it was 3.08 that she was fully delivered. And I just remember, actually, I really like don't remember that much about her birth because it was just so traumatic. Mm-hmm. But um, I do remember, like, how developed she was, and I was just, like, blown away how, like, she was, like, an actual baby. And, like, I know she's a baby, but, like, literally, like, fingernails, toenails, eyebrows, like, I could feel the bones in her body, like, her skin. Like, it was just, it was just, like, so beautiful, but, like, so heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah, if you've never seen a baby at at that weekage, you know, yeah, we have these. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you go notions of what apps. it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you go off the apps that say they're the size of a banana. And but I'm like, banana. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. baby. Like, no. Right. Yeah. No, totally not. Way mm-hmm. bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And baby. Like so, you said, fingernails, <laughs> eyebrows. Yes. Exactly. All parts. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just spent time with her. And I kind of, it's really blurry for me. I really don't remember. I hate to say that, but like, I guess there's so much shock and trauma. And then my parents got there. They came from New Orleans and drove, you know, immediately when my husband called them. And they got to hold her and uh, it was just heartbreaking. And so I'm assuming, like I said, like it's really blurry, but I'm assuming uh, I started running a fever just that's, how I had like see, those chills that's kind of where I was like okay so I understand that we need to like come up with a game plan but also isn't there a risk of infection mm-hmm. and like what's game plan for baby B like right. if yeah is your cervix dilated is there 
Like, right. is he I still mean, in a sack? Is he in a sack? Is that have a risk of breaking or rupturing, I should say, and then delivering him yeah, early? So or where, were they talking about that to you? Yeah, so they were, so we were trying to figure out what was wrong with me, like why I'm going to labor. So I had a really bad fever. I was shaking just like uncontrollably. They were doing blood work, trying to figure out what was wrong. My white blood count uh, was like super high, which meant that like I likely had an infection. Mm -hmm. So, um, so her placenta actually never came out. Excuse me. Her placenta actually never came out and they didn't want to stir anything up uh, with him because, you know, he was still alive and everything and we're trying to still figure out answers. So I had a bunch of doctors come in and then I don't know if it was the next day, following day, I never slept. So my doctor came in the next day. So I guess 8 a.m. ish. And they were telling me that they believed that I had choreo, which is an infection in your uterus or the baby's um, sac. So I'm like, so they think that's why I went into labor is because mm. my body reacted to the infection and that the infection was in my uterus, which meant that my body just was naturally delivering, which mm. caused my water to break at home. Wow. So, um, yeah, so they had me on like Tylenol for the, the um, fever and just trying to figure out more answers. So when they talk about choreo, there's like two out of the three things that you need to like meet the criteria in order to like say that you have it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the meantime, like they were checking on baby boy and he was still good and breathing and everything was good. His water never broke. And so I don't even know if it's like the next day, two days later, I felt like I was there forever. And so my doctor came in and she's like, look, we're going to take your temperature one last time at two o'clock and we're going to take you off of antibiotics. I mean, sorry, not antibiotics, Tylenol for like a solid, I think it was like 12 hours. And she's like, and by this time, if your fever went down, then maybe, you know, sadly she was the infection and it was affecting her and maybe it's out of your system and you're going to be feeling better. She said, but if not, and you still have that high fever, we're going to have to induce you and you're going to have to, you're going to have to deliver um, the other baby. And I'm just like, Oh my God, is there any way we can just keep him in there? Like he's breathing, he's alive. Like he has no chance if he comes out of me, like none. So she's like, listen, Katie, you can become very septic and you could possibly die. And I can't have that happen to you. And you're not that far, far along as in, like, I don't want to take that risk. Right. And, of course, as a mom, all I'm thinking about is, like, my baby's life is valuable. Yeah. You know, I don't care about me. Like, I just I just want him to live. And um, so, anyway, so a bunch of um, high-risk doctors came in over the time and talked to me about, you know, how serious this is and how the infection can get into my bloodstream any minute now. Like, time is ticking. And, um, yeah, so I remember that two o'clock when the nurse came in to take my temperature and I just knew that I had a fever, like I was shaking uncontrollably and I was hot and cold and I just knew that I had a fever and she took my temperature and it was like, I believe it was like 103 and I was like, oh my God. And I just, I just started crying because I'm like, I have to give birth to my son And there's nothing I can do about it. Like nothing. Like he's literally, he's not going to make it. And he's alive in my belly right now. And, um, so I was just crying and then she's like, do you want to hear his heartbeat? And I'm like, I guess, I mean, I mean, I sure. So she recorded his heartbeat for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was just awful to hear his heartbeat and just, I just felt so terrible. I'm just like, gosh, I have to basically give your life so I can live. Like, how terrible is that? Like, as a mom, and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. Like, 
Actually, yeah, especially when you know there's no other options. Right. Like you're out of options. Yeah. Right. Like she's like, you have no other choice. Like right. your uterus is infected. We have to get the infection mm-hmm. out. And sadly, it's them. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it's their sacs that are infected. Aww. So um, I was a little more there and not so much in shock from all the other stuff because that was just so quick. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, I mean, I was at the hospital a few days. So um, this was this. Well, never mind. This was the next day. It just felt like two days later. Yeah. Um, so I got an epidural, even though I did not want it at all, but my doctor was just like, you know, you don't want to be any more physical pain than you already are mentally and emotionally. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So I just got the epidural and then I was induced and within an hour, my water broke. And then my mom was in the room with me, with my husband and I'm like, oh my God, my water just broke. And then she ran to get the doctor. And by the time the doctor, like, even got there with her gloves on, he literally just came sliding out. And um, she was like, he's alive. Do you want to hold him? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's alive. Like, this is insane. And I was crying. And he was moving his little fingers and his toes. And you could literally, like, see his little heart beating. And, oh, my gosh, it was just. It was just terrible, but just also so beautiful that, like, this little baby is in my arms that I created. Yeah, that's the best and worst day of your life. Yes. So, and, yeah, I never knew that could coexist, Mm -hmm. but it did. And I just remember holding him, and I was just kissing him, and he's just breathing. And I'm just like, gosh, like, there's nothing I can do. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do anything. And then my dad even walked over to my doctor and was like, can you, like, please save him? Like, is there anything you can do? And she's like, I can't. Like, we don't. That sounds so terrible. But, like, they don't start working on a baby until I think it's 21 weeks and six days. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, I'm just so far but so close. Right. And um, so that was just really terrible. And I'm like, what do we do? Like, we just we just wait till his heart stops beating. Like, how morbid is this? Yeah. Like, this just, I just felt helpless for him. I just, I was just, it was horrible. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, we just spent as much time with him. And he was born at 8.56. And he lived for over an hour and, like, 40 minutes. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was pretty incredible, honestly, to just him moving was just oh my gosh it was so cool like I would touch his little fingers and then he'd move them and it was just it was incredible to see that um but also very sad um so as this was happening also both my placentas were still inside of me that's not great and she was like we need to get your placenta out like I have to go in there manually and pull them out oh my gosh and I'm like Oh my gosh. And I mean, I did have the epidural, but you know, above Mm. your belly button, you Mm -hmm. still feel everything. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I really don't want to bring you into the back. I want you to spend time with your babies. I want you to be here like uh, mentally. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go back there either. So, I mean, this woman was elbow deep inside of me. Oh yes. And I was just screaming. Jumping on your stomach from the other way. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember the pain now, but I remember I was screaming Mm. so loud Mm. And, I mean, she finally got them both out. And I'm like, thank gosh. Mm. Um, so I didn't have to go to the back. Yeah. But, yeah, that was physically painful, like, <laughs> excruciating pain. Um, yeah, like your heart is breaking and yeah, chattering. Yeah. You're in emotional mess, state, Mentally, drained, <laughs> yeah. and then yes. physically as well. Spiritually done. Yes. All of so, the things. Um, they and took where was, little pictures. Where was Scarlett during these couple days? Um, so she was able to stay in the room. They gave me, oh. they gave us a coddle. I think coddle that's what it's called. Yeah. Coddle, coddle, coddle. Uh, yes. And, um, I would just, you know, hold her. I kind of, I feel like I didn't hold her enough now that I like think about it. I'm like, oh my God, did I not it's hold It's never enough. enough? You like, never, it, yeah. you'll always say, I never took enough pictures. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hold them enough. It will never be enough. Oh yeah. I wish I got a million more pictures yeah. and I never thought that I would do that because, you know, I don't know. It's just a little weird from the outside looking in but it's really not like yeah. I would, it took like hope i wish i would have took a million more pictures of them yeah 
And, yeah, so she was in the room the whole time. Um, and then we got to hold both of them at the same time. And, oh, my gosh, I think that was more heartbreaking than holding one. Right. Um, just seeing them together mm-hmm. and just picturing, like, the life that I envisioned for them. Yeah. Oh. Your future, their tough. future, literally in the palms of your hand. Yeah. And it's gone in yes. the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yes, literally. I just... And I'm like, y'all were literally just in my belly. Like, mm. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, you're not supposed to be out. Mm. Yeah, so um, after that, they um, put me on antibiotics, and lo and behold, the infection went away. Mm. Um, so sadly, um, you know, they're actually sent their placentas off, and crazy enough his placenta was the one that was infected wow it wasn't really hers interesting (laughs) but i think because she was first Mm -hmm. like closer to my cervix that yeah she just came out first so when Um, is their birthday so scarlet was born october 5th and he was born october October 6th yeah so it all started that tuesday night the 4th and then led into that whole night. And then we didn't go home until Saturday. We stayed there another like two days. Wow. And you said that they took pictures and. Yeah, they took pictures. They uh, made us bracelets with their names on it that I wear every day. And um, they made us little footprints of um, little an ornament with their footprints on it. Yeah. And there's, just, I just have so much stuff. Like they gave us a box of goodies and just unbelievable. Like that hospital and the nurses were incredible. Oh, like that's truly, I've hear, heard so many stories of how medical yeah. is done so wrong to people. And right. I'm like, oh gosh. It can do, like, it can I, truly change your perspective and your experience. Um, oh, yes. I mean, I don't get it right. If, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just loved all the nurses that I had. Like, every last one of them was just so amazing. I mean, I had nurses praying with me, crying Aww. with me. Like, they they just saw me as a person. Like, I wasn't just a patient that day. Right. Like, I was I was a friend to them, and they just made that so much better and just, oh, like, loving my so babies. Um, yeah. Yeah, how beautiful they were. And, I mean, it's just, it was incredible. They made it ten times better than, you know, the situation was. Yeah. So what support have you gotten these last six months when you when you got home from the hospital? Oh, yeah. So those were um, pretty dark weeks. Um, it's pretty dreadful, honestly. I didn't think I'd ever be where I'm at right now. And I went to therapy, like, almost immediately because I just had – I was just was in a really dark spot. Like, not, like, suicidal thoughts, nothing like that. But I just – I've never been depressed. I'm always, like I said, I'm a positive, happy person. Like, and like those first two weeks, I tell my mom this all the time. They were just, they were so dark. Mm. Like, I truly felt like life would never be the same. I was like, there's no way I can smile. There's no way I can find joy. Like, the two best parts of me are gone. Like, yeah. what? What is the point of this? Like, yeah. what? What's the point? Yeah. And so I immediately went to therapy and I just felt like I just needed, I needed something like somebody to tell me like, everything's going to be okay. Like you won't always feel like this. And, um, I went to a therapist and I think the longer I went there, I started to heal. I say heal more, but like just learn how to heal and that life will get better. And, you know, your life's not terrible, like a terrible thing happened, but there's still going to be joy. And I think I learned that for myself. So I stopped going to therapy. And, but I do listen to podcasts all the time. And I love connecting with other moms. I think that helps tremendously. Because they know exactly not exactly how I feel, but they know Mm -hmm. like what it's like to lose a baby or an infant or a child. Right. And you know, I have one friend that's been through it and I talk to her a lot and, but like other people, like they don't, they don't know like at all, like nobody knows how I feel. You know, my husband, 
obviously we share the same hurt 100%, but it's still different. Like on a mom, dad level. Right. Yeah. But, you know, just talking about it, uh, reading, I do read books, um, which help and, you know, diving into the Bible, my relationship with God has grown even more and, you know, just praying and knowing that there's hope yeah. for the future. Yeah, you're on and this journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it's a long one. Yeah, it took me a long time to realize, oh, this is a journey. It will never be over. Mm-hmm. And how never. to, yeah, know, I'm almost 16 years into this and mm-hmm. I will grieve until I die. Mm-hmm. There's, yes, no, there's no end point of your, your being a mom, you know, to Scarlett and yeah. Jackson. Yeah, we don't stop loving, so why would we stop grieving them? Right. And then you said you had an early-term loss. Did you get pregnant um, unexpectedly? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> so immediately, I mean, I lost them in October, and I just remember, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I miss being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it got taken from me another 20 weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just – I just love being pregnant. Like I said, I had a great pregnancy, like no issues at all. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it and I just wanted to be pregnant so bad. I'm like, man, I just, you know, that was the plan to grow our family, to be pregnant. Like I just, I really missed it so much. Like I was grieving that lot, the pregnancy itself too, on top of, you know, my kids' lives. Yeah. And I just told my husband, I'm like, like, let's just try again and obviously that meant taking medicine well I went back to my doctor and I actually got my period naturally which was insane hmm. about like in December because I never got one naturally I think that's true you have pregnancies and then sometimes your body can regulate like, hey, a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah I like clean yourself out. out yeah yeah I've heard that so, a lot yeah I know so I was in I was in shock and I was so happy too and so I went to my doctor and she's like look let's just let's just see if you ovulate naturally because you clearly got a period naturally. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't want to wait. She's like, let's just wait. So we wait. I didn't ovulate. So she's like, okay, well, when you get your next period, which it came naturally again, which I was in shock again. Um, so I took the letrozole, um, which was what I took with the twins, but we did not take the Clomid. So we did not combine them. Mm -hmm. We just took the one. And I took it and got pregnant the first time. Wow. wow. That was yeah, probably I know. all of the feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was nothing like uh, taking that pregnancy test last year on Father's Day. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of doubt and fear. and mm-hmm. But also I was just so hopeful. I'm like, okay, like, you know, maybe this will help in the healing journey or you know, I don't know. Sure. And um, so I went in for my blood work. It confirmed I was pregnant. And then I went back two days or four days later because it was a Friday to take it again to see if my HCG had doubled. Or in that case, it would have doubled times two. Mm-hmm. And um, it did not. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't too concerned. But I knew deep down, like, that's not right. Like. They should, they should have been much higher. And so I went back another two days or yeah, two days later and it did double. So she was like, oh, great. Well, of course, you know, Google's your worst enemy. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm Googling stuff and it's like, yeah, that doesn't always mean anything. It could double and then it could just slow back down again. So she didn't want to do any more blood work. I mean, she would have if I would have said something, but mm-hmm. I was just holding on to the hope. I'm like, let me just trust. Let me just trust and just not stress. I'm yeah. already stressed enough. Right. So I had a feeling just like, like I said, from those that first blood or second blood work, something was wrong. So I'm still just, you know, living life, trucking along, having hope, still, still, still feel fearful. And, um, I started spotting mm. and I was like, well, I mean, I was spotting with Scarlett and Jackson at the very beginning. So, you know, it's probably just the same thing. Right. And, um, so it went away and then about a week later I started spotting a lot more. 
and I just knew it was different than before. Yeah. So I called my doctor and she got me an ultrasound in and I should have been at that time, um, eight weeks in like around eight weeks. And before I went into that doctor's appointment, I literally knew that there was no baby in there. Like I, all my pregnancy symptoms were pretty much gone as in like that heartburn that I had with the twins. I, I had with them, I mean, with this baby, uh-huh. um, immediately. And then it went away. Oh, so I was kind of having like those same, you know, stomach issues. It was literally the same thing as the twins. Like I was never sick, but I had that heartburn. Um, so I knew when I went into that appointment, I'm like, she's about to do this ultrasound and there will be no baby. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why, but I just, I just knew it. Yeah. And, and I think and I kinda... just speaking to that really quick, I think that once you go through something traumatic, such as loss um, at any stage, you just automatically put up a wall. And so mm-hmm. you're like, I just know this is going to be bad. And if it's not going to be bad, maybe maybe there's a little bit of hope, but it's probably going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And yes. what am I going to do? Because it's going to be bad. Yeah. And I think and like even if you were to get a positive outcome, your thoughts would still go there. You're not right. walking into yeah. it like in a in a happy It doesn't change your state. whole mindset. Yeah. Because you've already had that horrible Oh, experience. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I had just so much fear. And yeah. I just thought, I was like, I can't let myself get attached to this baby because mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I, I I didn't. Like, I, I love the baby, obviously. But I was nowhere near what I was when I got pregnant with Scarlett Jackson. Like I just, I kind of almost was like, just pretend like you're not pregnant. Yeah. And like, I'm, and then, and then if something happens, like it'll be okay. I'm and, so. Um, I just want to say I'm so sorry yeah. because I lost, yes, like, you. robs you of pregnancy excitement, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one day, it. one day you'll feel it again. But it just will never be the way it was at the very beginning. Yeah. It just, just like will that child, never like go back you know, to that. Yeah. Innocence. It almost yeah. like pregnancy innocence or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, the innocence is gone. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I went to the appointment and she did the ultrasound. And there was a sack. And it was measuring five weeks and three days. And there was no baby. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she she wasn't thinking anything of it because she's like, okay, maybe you just super early and you just don't know. And you wouldn't see a baby this early anyway. And I'm like, oh, no, I know my body. Um, I took medicine. I should be pregnant. I know I can tell you the day I got pregnant Mm -hmm. or conceived. So I'm like, no, I'm like Mm -hmm. this. There should be a baby in there. I should be at least eight weeks along and you would you would see a baby. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to my doctor. She's like, maybe you just have your dates wrong. And I'm like, no, I don't like I'm starting, like, I'm still bleeding. I'm spotting even more now. And I just know, like, something's wrong. Like, it's not, there's no baby. Like, I'm going to yeah. be okay. There's no baby. And anyway, so she's like, just hold on to hope. And I'm like, you know, like, it's done. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of obvious. I'm, like, heavily bleeding at this mm. point. And then, so that was a Friday. And then I went into the weekend. She's like, we'll come back Monday for blood work for an HCG. So, um, I miscarried that whole weekend Uh and it was just dreadful. Like the blood just, oh yeah, it was so bad. And I wasn't, I really wasn't in any pain. There was one, there was one moment for like maybe an hour where I had a heating pad on me, but, um, and I only cried once and I just, I just felt like I just didn't let myself attached like it's so sad because I almost felt bad that I didn't even like grieve that much mm. like you're just so I mean numb. I'm hurt don't get me wrong yeah like you're just numb. of course I, yeah I'm like wow like that that's what that ex- whole experience did to me that mm. I just don't even feel like I'm not even feeling mm-hmm. and I'm a very emotional person yeah, yeah. um it's just like and not to preservation yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to mention I have like friends that are pregnant with me. Sure, of course. So that um, that's not easy considering we're all like three weeks apart. That's a whole other podcast, Katie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. Bring them back on with you. How to navigate? Yeah, that. that's hard. But um, yeah. So wow. 
Yeah, so I miscarried and that I was went in back December. I, no, that was literally like um, last week, last February. Week. Oh gosh, February. Oh gosh. Yeah. Was, yes. I was stuck at the end of the like year. Like two months ago. Wow. Two months ago. And I even had a little bit of courage. And after I had that first HEG where it confirmed I was pregnant, I actually went to the store and I bought little onesies. And I was like, this will be like, you know, a sign of hope. Like I'm going to the baby section. I haven't been here since Scarlett and Jackson. And I'm like, I had a little bit of hope and I bought the baby like two Christmas onesies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the conversations but, you now have with yourself. Yeah. You should oh, never yeah. have with yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. So now I'm just living life again. <laughs> and. I'm back in the gym, taking care of myself and just doing the enjoying summer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Taking a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I think I, I will say, I hate to admit this to my husband, but I think I rushed in to that, the pregnancy that I just had. And I just wanted that pregnancy. Like I said, I just, well, you just want think, it, you want the end result. Right. And so you know what you have to do. We know to what we there. have to do. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. want you want a baby. You want a living baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. You know, it's just when that's taken yeah. from you, and you lose control over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we all. Like I think it's something that, that a lot of lost moms can relate to that have had rainbow babies so close to the loss. Mm-hmm. It's like you just well, you just wanted a baby like it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. sometimes we don't we don't really grieve the loss because we're then just Focused thrown on. into like another pregnancy. Yep. It kind of just yes. is a numbing, you know, agent yep. if you want to say that. So now Very you have normal. to sit in your feelings and deal with the emotions, you know, forefront. Which Yeah, I would have to agree. I think nobody I wants to sign up for nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Yeah. No. no. I think I really just wanted my babies back Scarlett and Jackson and I guess I felt like getting pregnant would fix that and it would not did not and just can't like that can't happen right yeah so I think you know obviously I'm very sad that I did have a miscarriage but I'm just moving forward and learning from it and maybe just taking a step back and yeah you know just walking in the grieving more with Scarlett and Jackson and maybe my heart isn't ready yet for another baby. Right. Well, it's hard when we want answers. I know. And there's no answers. Yeah, to any definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, you are brave. I'm sorry. You have to be strong in this situation. Yeah. I'm sorry that we know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Making it. Well, we're here for you and thank you. Yep. If you, want to come visit us or we'll come visit you (laughs) not during the snow no no we know that we know that (laughs) okay well thanks for sharing your heart and allowing us to get to know Scarlett and Jackson and you and your husband and Bowen we could do probably another whole podcast on Bowen and heart (laughs) yeah I have a lot of questions about that but um we will connect soon and just thanks for calling in it really means a lot to us it's an honor for us to hold all that yes thank you for letting me share my story and thanks listeners for tuning in stay tuned next week for another episode of confessions of a grieving mother